Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening and welcome to the Premier View Hurling Podcast. My name is Colm O'Sullivan. I'm joined here tonight with Enda Tracy from Toome and Sean Smith from Turles Arsfield. Enda, Sean, how are you guys keeping? Lockdown treating you well? Ah, sure, as good as all of us, isn't it? It's, it's happening, anyway. Yeah. That's all I can say, huh? Yeah. It's Except going to it's... talk a bit of rough for a while, isn't it? It's going to talk <laughs> different now for a while. And maybe, may or may not be enjoyable, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's it exactly. Um, so yeah, so we'll we'll kick it off then, guys. Um, first item on the agenda for this week is looking back now with the dust settled. Let's review tips 2020. Um, first question for you guys: Do you think do you think COVID and I guess the the, the lack of injection of fresh blood into the tip setup or the tip starting 15 this year, do you think it left us short to the mark in 2020? Uh, I, I think it's a fair comment. Like, um, even when, when Chile came in first, I suppose there was a lot of um, speculation about how he'd, would he start, um, I don't know, in a process of kind of getting the more, experience, more experienced lads with the, you know, the likes of Noel McGrath, Mark Maher, Brendan, would they start getting weaned off the team, the starting team? And we ended up winning All Ireland, so I kind of got pushed to one side. Uh, there was people saying it after the 2018 season we had, um, but I suppose it kind of papered over it when we won uh, the All Ireland. I wouldn't say paper this in the right way, yeah. say, because they were they're were, they were well good enough, they're serious hurlers. Like, and they won the All Ireland on merit. All of the older lads contributed very well, well, even Bonner before he got injured. Um, but I think there, just for the year that was in it, with the quick fire matches, uh, week on week, lack of preparation, it, it just takes that bit longer for those lads to get up to speed and that they didn't really get the proper opportunity and kind of told in the end, I think in the Galway match, we kind of pretty much lost the match, even with Barrett going off in the last 10 minutes. So 
Um, and there was lads going well in the league. I remember Dylan Quirk had a good league. Yeah. Uh, he looked like he was going to be a shoe in come championship. Sure, everything got locked down then. Um, I can't really remember too many other matches. It's like a, a different season, but uh, there was there was plenty of lads putting up their hand. But when that happened, then you just had to go with the old reliables and hope for the best. And uh, just lost out in the end, just on the last ten minutes with the older legs. Yeah, yeah, and the other reliables there, like against Galway, like when you look at a kind of team, we feel it, like starting team, like it was kind of the same lads you kind of say, went back to the kind of lads you could depend on maybe and sit here and try these lads and go, like who was in the team against Galway? Jake Morris started to us, like Alan Flynn maybe, Mike Mars there, like butter and that, like it's the same set lads again. Um, and all subs were on and all that, and Paddy Cannell and William Connors yeah. and Mark Owen lads, but still it's you're kind of going back again to where you are in 2019, but in 2020, trying to even think what year it was. Like, the year people yeah. kind of forget in a lot of ways, hurling wise. I think so much happened. I know Limerick has a pretty good option, but like, if you ask someone now, to, actually, you're on the other night, some weird way of talking about tips games this year. And she was like, one or two behind, like, who the tip? When was that? We well, got bet by them. They're kind of, the came and went so quick, you kind of forgot a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it was a weird championship. Um, It was like, I won't say it was a take it or leave it championship, but maybe, maybe it partly was. It was like kind of, it was enjoyable to watch it, but yeah. it just, it felt so different to real championship hurling. Mm. You know? Um, yeah, so like this year, like we played three games, we lost two. Um, like let's have a look. Let's have a look back through it. Like in the first game against Limerick, we shipped a bit of a hiding there. Um, I think it ended up like was it three twenty three to two seventeen. It finished up. I think Galang got two six. Flanagan got a a goal, maybe a point near the end. Um, Lynch, Hegarty, Morrissey, they all got a couple of points each. Um, for Tip, Jake Morris got a goal. John McGrath got a goal. But I think it's probably fair to say, lads, that like it's a performance that. It left a lot to be desired. It was really, it was men against boys, I think. Um, like Limerick's use of the ball was top class, but I guess the weather didn't really say it was. It was like, if you remember back, it was an absolutely disgusting day. Um, and I don't know whether after the match, we paid a whole lot of attention to the result. We put a lot down to the weather. But like one thing that stood out for me is like I, I don't know if you guys remember back to 2019 Munster final. I remember walking out of the Gaelic grounds that day with nearly nearly with a smile on my face because mm. it felt like we were hiding something. It felt like we were waiting with something up our sleeves for knockout hurling and expecting to play Limerick in the in the final, which obviously didn't happen. But it definitely didn't feel like that this year against Limerick. Oh, it's kind of disappointing, and it was a kind of way if if it's knockout hurling this year, and that was our only game, when like we're not good enough. Get us out of yeah. championship, you know, kind of forget about. You would have, if people said that table, like granted, it was kind of. You didn't see it, and even that would break through, or but then there was more excuse you could use again, and you'd always go back to excuse and preparation and conditions, and you know, but then Limerick had the same. Yeah. Preparation conditions does, there's no way to look at. It. Yeah. From, from what I remember back of that game, um, like. But I I know Sean O'Brien struggled. Uh, but I think I think as well as I think our pockets were poor that day if I if I remember correctly. Um, like Bubbles came on with ten, fifteen, twenty minutes to go and he looked like 
he was clearly injured for, for most of the year. Like he looks like a lad that wasn't at the pace of inter county and obviously we didn't see him again later on in the year. But um like John Maher is probably a good one. Like John Maher had a superb club championship. He got fifteen maybe a, a torrid time in the fifteen, twenty minutes he was on that day and we never seen him again. Like I presume you guys are both in agreement that like John Maher definitely is in row off and there's potentially an inter county career there for him in twenty twenty one and beyond. Ah, oh, there definitely is. <laughs> He's another lad, like, in fairness to him, like, he wasn't, um, he had a serious club championship, but again, preparation, it's a different level, like, really, um, in fairness, Limerick, top team in the country. Yeah. They're well drilled, they've been together a while now, and you're just throwing John in there, no real experience at a panel recently. Yeah. And yeah. he was honestly going into a sinking ship as well, because, yeah. Were, were going well at that stage anyway. Yeah, exactly. I felt like the game was gone actually when, when he came in, and that's always a yeah. tough, that's always a tough ask. He got, um, got turned, got turned twice very easy, and it just looked. It was kind of a game when Limerick were bringing lads on to score more. We were bringing lads on to stop to defeat more, but it was kind of mm-hmm. wasn't helping his, his backfiring the Yeah, that was a problem. Yeah, big time. Would have. I would have been happy if it just blew it up. Like it was that game. Was that a game? Did. I was trying to think. Shane McCallan is still scoreless, hasn't he? Yeah, Callan was scoreless. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, um, the second half was I, like the first half. I genuinely at half time I wasn't too. Um, what were we five or were we five or six points down at half time? Um, it wasn't a massive lead anyway. Yeah. The wind there was absolutely massive, but they were getting caught in possession a lot in the first half, and maybe you could uh, like allow for that. Given that you're playing into a gale force wind, yeah. In the second half, they step, stay going with the sharp pokeouts, and Barrett was trying to take lads on. Like you've got a gale force wind, put it down the field, and they're even if they get possession, they're going to find it very hard to yeah. get the ball back <laughs> the pitch, even through hands. And we just didn't put the, the pokeouts actually went long, didn't we? I think we went long and then stopped doing it. Yeah, yeah we nearly, we nearly got a goal. One sideline, yeah. one or end line nearly. Yeah. yeah, and it was working. Yeah, it was very strange. It was like, um, and I think we discussed it after when we were doing the podcast that maybe they were just doing it not trying, similar to 2019. Yeah. Not showing their full hand. Um, that's why we thought Sean O'Brien maybe started. Maybe we thought he wouldn't be there later in the year. Maybe yeah. It wasn't the full team sheet he had in mind for knockout. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a write-off for a finish. Right, lads, we'll move on then. So in the second game, we beat Cork comfortably, I think, by four points. Like um, That day, it was a Mikey Breen masterclass. I think he scored five from play. I think four got one six with one one of that coming from play as well. Um, the big thing I remember about that game was we started terribly playing with a very strong wind, but we turned on the style, scoring three or four points in a row near the end of the first half. So maybe get us a little bit out of... Out of out of trouble. Um, the other thing I remember from that game was um Jake Jake Morris. He was very kind of lark Corbett in his younger days. Um, he went out of it for large periods, but he scored a great goal and he created Ford's goal as well. Um, you guys, any comments on that car game? game? Yeah, it felt like um, it took him a while to realise that they were playing Cork, and if you just put the shoulder to the wheel for any amount of time, they were going to buckle. Um, I think there was still a bit of a hangover from the Limerick match. Um, but it wasn't a typical Breen. Like, he just went out and he was shy the first day and he gave an exhibition. Just pure athleticism, but he was class. Um, 
But uh, yeah, uh, the goal, Jason Ford's goal there to start the second half was very important. It kind of got the ball rolling from, and Cork just did what Cork do. They just, they just have no bottle. They just can't win these types of matches. Like, and long may it continue. <laughs> For sure. I think the one thing that stood out to me that day is we showed a little bit of steel as well. Um, and like I think, I think that gave us a little bit of hope maybe after the Limerick game. That like we could have rolled over when Cork put the pressure on in the first half, but we didn't. We just kind of we just grinded it out really. Um, but I think it was definitely it was probably harder work than than it should have been, wasn't it? Heavy you need like thing. a big performance from you need a big performance from bring that day to get you over the line. He came out, would he have won it? Just everything went right for him. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's that's a good point on Breen. Like Breen. Breen pops up with a performance like that from time to time, but I guess has he been consistent enough throughout his intercounty career? Yeah, sure. That's that's the the big thing with Breen, isn't it? It's probably the frustrating thing is he's not he's not consistent enough, and um, we see flashes of brilliance every now and again, and then then he goes missing, and like he didn't start the first game, was it? Um, he he only came on as a sub, um, and 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 then and then. Was brilliant and obviously against Cork and yeah, I, I think without him that day we probably would have been in the world of trouble. But he, he got a couple of scores the, the next day against Galway, but he wasn't as influential um, as he had been. Yeah, big time. And that voice you heard there is Mike McCarthy from Cabawite hashtag not hurler on the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hashtag no comment. <laughs> Right, sure. That's the second game of the year. As the third, our third and final game of the year was against Galway. It ended in disappointment for Tip. I think the final score was three twenty-three to two twenty-four with Galway striking a late goal. Um, like we all spoke after the Galway game on a podcast, and I think we, I think we pretty much all pointed a finger at Brian Hogan for two, if not three, of the Galway goals that day. Um, looking back now, I guess with the dust after settling. Like, do you still feel that way, or were we a little bit harsh on the Laura man? Oh, you don't. Go ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead, yeah. go on, you go, you go. There was one of the factors, but then again, like, we weren't showing that in all the years, just that, I know, like, we'd go in over we weren't showing all the years, just that we're going to blow up all the team out of water here, like, so, but we needed everything to go right. That was one of the things that didn't go right, but there's further niggling as well, but when you're letting in go, is like, when the, the back man is getting a shot away first, he's a problem breaking through that. You shouldn't be letting through. Like, we're on enough sometimes pulling that down. You have to be straight up and out of it, pulling down. Don't even get a shot off, you know. But to get a shot off and they're not saving them, it's kind of frustrating. Especially later on, dear, we saw Waterford and Cork or Waterford and Emmerich and Keeper saving bullets. Like, you know, we're like, geez, why haven't we someone that can do this? Like, you know, stand up. There's small margins as well, though. Yeah. The first goal, Mannion's goal when he Niall O'Mara probably let him around the corner too easy, but I think Cody blocked someone down and it ricocheted out and then he turned in and got the goal. And in the second half then Paddy Cadell's clearance. Yeah. Locked down as well. And then it's across the heart and it's a goal. So generally like I thought we played the played fairly well. Way too leaky at the back, obviously, but um diff I'd say they even improved on the cork match by a good distance, but um I think the Barrett right card was an absolute farce. Just looking back and it did and Grohl Hagerty going around flaking lads fucking siding them with the hurley and he not even getting the yellow card. 
and it's um it's hard to take, but um it was a fifty fifty game really and God we got the rub of the green so I can't really complain. I don't know if we'd have been good enough to go any further anyway, so yeah. The game, as we said before, that Galway game, that we're all calling it to be a point to either way will go down to the decision here or there, which Galway games always do that. You know, there's no ways about it. Yeah. The game next week, we could win by two points or three points. No, that's the way our South and Galway go. Yeah, we we looked like we were getting better, though. Like, uh, I mean, obviously we were terrible against against Limerick and got be- we were got better against Cork, and we were I thought we were better again in the in the Galway game. And, the sending off, as you said, had a huge bear on on the game, and I mean the the winning goal, um, it came from from a position where Barrett would have been if he was on the field, and that space wouldn't have been there. Now look, it was a shot from what twenty three or four yards, and possibly should have been saved. But I mean, the the sending off, I I I think if Barrett stays on the field, we we win, and it, it had a huge bear on the result. Yeah, I think I I'd agree with that. Here here's a question for you guys. Like the, I think we probably all agree that the first the yellow card was a bit farcical. Well, maybe not farcical is probably too strong a word, but it was dubious. Like it potentially wasn't the yellow card, or it probably definitely wasn't the yellow card for the first one. The second one was a definite yellow. Like yeah. for someone with Barrett's experience, like to me, and I don't know whether you agree or disagree with this. Like if a seventeen year old done playing junior B hurling, you'd say fair enough, he panicked. But Barrett's a lad there with eight, nine years intercounty experience. Like he really shouldn't be getting himself in a position where he's doing something as stupid as that, especially when the game's in a in a pressure situation. Like it was in the melting pot at the time, you know. Yeah, it wasn't necessary as well, and it's not like it was um he was clean through on goal if he caught the ball. Like it was going away from the goals on the forty five. It's just the ball he didn't need to go for, like. Yeah. Um, but the first one, I just, what did he even do for the first one? Was it even a foul? I, if I recall, like I didn't do anything. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't even think it was a foul. I think it was just. I think the cash, cash of Harley's or something. The ref, the ref gave the yellow card for it. It's a bit, a bit ridiculous. Yeah. But the, the the one comment I would make on that game was, I think Tip's performance between Barrett getting sent off for the next twenty odd minutes up to the seventy minutes, um, like in those cold, soggy, wet winter conditions, it was like it was heroic. It was like that Wexford game, and maybe even maybe it was even more impressive than the Wexford game in the semi final because of the conditions. But we just ran out of steam, and that, as you said, ended that extra man. It really killed us kind of near the end with um with Paddy Cadell's clearance that went across the road across the field. Um, into a dangerous position. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, the Galway, in fairness, uh, they gave a good account of themselves in the semi. So, like as Sean was saying, it's always tit for tat. They're yeah. kind of in a similar similar boat to us as regards to personnel. They've kind of got a on the a higher end of the scale age wise. A lot of the players around the pitch they've to inject a good bit of youth in the, in the next few years as well. But um, yeah. Yeah, if we if we had to get over that line, you'd imagine we probably would have stayed and proven. But if we would we bet Limerick again, I'm not so sure. But yeah, um, it's annoying. It's annoying when it comes down to a, re- a poor refereeing decision like that. Um, just leaves a bad taste in the mouth, and you probably just want to lose the match fairly. Yeah, it's the right word, but um, a lot of this and both. But look, you love it playing the ref in the end, won't you? Like you love to go back to the ref. Yeah, like you love. We're a great county for blaming the rest. Actually, here, here's a que- here's a question for you. If if Tip were in the same position that Galway were in with ten minutes to go in the semi final, they would have got over the line, wouldn't they? Or would they? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. You'd you'd like to think they would, but I don't yeah. know. Does that um 
Yeah, you'd like to think they would, but I, I don't know. So I, I don't think we were on it from the start of the year. Yeah. I know we improved steadily as it went on, but I, I, I thought I thought we were just a little bit off all, all year, and the lack of league of 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 a, a long league certainly didn't help us. And and obviously then the weather um, doesn't probably suit our our style or, or the guys that we have. So. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair comment. Yeah, I don't know about G. Like, I when we were when we found out this championship was happening, like when you'd be talking to people, like even outside the country, and they're like, "Oh, Tip could be." I was like, "I don't think Tip are going to win in All Ireland in the winter." Genuinely, um, uh, like it just doesn't suit the players we have. It doesn't suit the style of hurling. Like these lads are hurling the same, and obviously there's different management and caution things change, but they're only slight things. We hurl the same way, and with the heavier conditions, it wasn't going to suit us. And with the same um, players as well. Like, yeah, exactly. No, like, you put a name to Gallant team, you put a name 13 and 14, yeah. and like, it's start of the year that, you know, there's no one yeah. new or no one busting in, like, what for mixed up? But I counted a few lads are mixed up, like, but yeah. we kind of yeah. really did. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, I, I think, def- def- sorry, oh, I think defensive, yeah, no, defensively we weren't, um, we, we didn't seem to be settled either. I mean, uh, Sean O'Brien started Limerick game, he wasn't seen, he wasn't seen after that, and, uh, Paddy Cadell was was on and he he came on was it twice? Like we had Robert Byrne on the on the subs. Let's see, uh, he saw no action. Can't leave this. How, how he how he stayed on the twenty six. Uh, we with Seamus Kindy out and 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 Heffernan only coming back in for the for the last game. Um, like we we looked in in a huge amount of trouble and it we we need to unearth. Um, Starters for the, for the six backs, I think, going into into this year's championship. Yeah, we need a fullback yeah. and another fullback. Because fullback. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Actually, early 2019, we're in that situation where we're saying, "Oh, we need backs, we need backs." And like yeah. Hef- Heffernan stepped up and Kennedy stepped up, but like they were two huge losses um, this year. So yeah, definitely, we definitely need to find it's, someone. It's nearly it's nearly a curse that we keep finding lads to plug the hole temporarily. Like I, yeah. I know James Barry and Fairness thing, like done a serious job when he went back there but like he was found out in the end when he was coming to the end at fullback and I don't think Ronan would ever get found out to the same extent but he's just such a massive cluster and half back like yeah. you just actually need a lad who actually plays fullback playing fullback for tip not too many in the county like since Paul Hearn not... could you name anyone James Quigley in fairness to him he's on the panel now maybe he'll See what he's like there, but I don't know if he's to the standard reader for intercounty. But yeah, you know, it's a big problem position for us. Like, yeah, well, would say Brian Brian McGrath would have played full back mm-hmm. at an intercounty level, which was it the the twenties and maybe mm-hmm. the minors as well. And um, Owen Connolly is on the panel now this year, and he will. Like I would never have seen him as a as a full back. He, I suppose it's like a lot of things when you when you're that good a hurler, you never play full back for your club. But he, he would never have played full back for Cashel at, at any level. Mm-hmm. Uh, only with with Cahill there as at the twenty ones when he came into it, but uh, like Conley is a fine hurler, but he's probably going to be a bit like Ronan. He he'll be a lot better out the field than he would be at fullback. But like yeah. Quigley is probably the only bona fide full fullback um, yeah. play, playing with his club like fullback. But yeah. again, I'm I'm not so certain about him at, at intercounty level. But he'll need to get a chance, and hopefully we'll have yeah. a league to give him a chance. Even for cornerbacks, like we. We've got so many halfbacks on the panel. Like, how many have we? We should we've all the matters. We have Seamus Kennedy, Barry Heffernan is basically a half. <laughs> Robert Byrne. 
um, so you have, you have Connolly now, Brian O'Mara, um, Craig Morgan's really more of a halfback. Um, so somebody's going to have to convert back there. Maybe if you start with one of the young lads and hope that they, they fill the position. I think yeah, O'Connor even goes cornerback now. Yeah, I, I was very impressed with 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 Morgan when he was there with with, Ooh, with yeah. under Cahill with the twenties, and I'd love to see him get a shot a shot there in that number four um, position. I, I think he could really make it his own. Yeah, I think I think if there is going to be a breakthrough, uh, I'd hope it's Morgan or maybe even Kidell. I think it'd be one of the two of those to yeah. to break in there. And actually, just when you mentioned Owen Connolly there, I remember Owen Connolly as a four or five year old running around the hurling field in Carrick show and go on the swan when he's out there training <laughs> us back twenty odd years ago. <laughs> um, but mentioning Mike mentioning the league there and will it go ahead is probably it's probably a good segue into the next topic and that is like will the league actually go ahead this year like it, it's definitely not going to go ahead in February obviously with lockdown but do you reckon it's going to actually go ahead in March or April or what are they going to do I don't at the moment I don't think so and I think they might do a one no you turn again Club Forest County after my, my kind of feeling at the moment you know it's not happening hurry to moment in February now there's Yes, they're still there. Like there's, if they march for that and it's back, some like somebody back over them. That they do, it's messing it all up again. Like it's hard to win the county. You want another year without crowds again. Like you're not going to have crowds in March, April, May, June, are you? Like no, you're not. Like mm. but probably not. Find the people going holiday. Like trying to get people leave the country on summer. They'll finally. Like, I'm not going to let that go to holiday match. Yeah, but. <laughs> By the sounds of Tony Holohan over the last week or so, we're probably not even going to have crowds in in November this year. You know, later in the year, county is later. Positive word never came out of his mouth yet, as far as I can see. <laughs> that that was a real hurler and a ditch statement there, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it's, it's for, in the county, like it's hard. Like if they if they don't get it started in March, you'd imagine they can't go into a championship without some sort of preparation yeah. tournament. I I I'd be I'd say they'll just go club if that happens, but the cases if the cases get low enough I suppose maybe give them three or four weeks preparation and get it started before March ends, best case scenario, but it's hard to see it at the minute. It's it's not really fair on lads either, like there's, there's just no preparation time. You need you need It'll at be, least weeks. Yeah. yeah. I think Grand FG released some time frame or not a, a statement even saying if the situation is this level in March. We'll do this. No, like I just can't count players at the moment. Trying to plan the work, but where are they working towards? Like where? Yeah, yeah. The first game, the first like they don't know. Like yeah, yeah but I suppose if if the, if the GA come out and they say if if on the fifth of March everything opens up, you'll have um, counties going back training earlier, and they're trying to avoid that that that. People will think they're getting one up on on their on the opposition by being back earlier, and mm. I, I I can see where they they'll give two weeks run into the start of the league and um and play maybe a kind of a, a round robin of four teams in in each group for for the league. Um, Jesus, I I hope from a tip point of view, I think Tip really need a league if, they, if they're yeah. going to to oh, yeah. um to find a couple of players because we've all seen Sheedy is very loyal to the to the lads that he has and. If they're not going to do it in the league, he's not he's not going to trust them in the championship. And, um, yeah. I mean, the way the nature of the championship is going to be the knockout uh, losers group or knockout one qualifier. I mean, 
he's not going to just chancel it uh, in, in that scenario. That's why, going back to the goal again, that's why we started the same team again as the old lads, because she had, didn't, didn't see anyone else all year that showed that in the throw inlet. So even if you, even a week or two prepping at three or four games and the lads showed something, you could start them in a game. Like, you know, he's earned yeah. it, at least, isn't it? Yeah, I think if the league isn't started by Easter, I have a feeling they're going to flip her um, club and county, put club or club first and county second again. Yeah, there's serious, there's serious pressure from the from the money men in Crow Park to to put club first anyway. And yeah. I mean, they they near they very nearly got their way against the, the wishes of the the county chairman back in the end of December, early January. So, I mean, the longer it goes on, they, they'll really push for it. Yeah, exactly. We thought we'd have league actually this next weekend, didn't we? What did we do this time? Yeah. Following weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Second week of February, wasn't it? Mm. It's miles back now, like, you know. Just, yeah. yeah. Are, are clubs doing that in lads at the moment, just in preparation for championship? Or are they. Can they do anything? No. Like, I presume a few of them no. might be on a couple of Zoom calls and maybe doing something. Zoom are doing transfers as well. Transfer deadline window, but. Uh, that's. Yeah, it's been. <laughs> um, it's been a very busy transfer deadline. I guess Cashel have probably been the most active in the market. They the, up, I, um, the, iron, the irony of a Turtles Arceus man slagging yeah. about the transfer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sounds jealous. Look, he's like Harry Redknapp there out, out of the car window. <laughs> Nakavilla looks like they're going to lose maybe four players um, to Cashel. Two, probably two lads who are probably arguably in the top 100 hurlers in the country, um, in Arm Brown and Jar Brown. And then there's a couple of Ryans as well on the way to Cashel. But Cashel are also picking up um, Ryan Dwyer as well this year, who's coming back from Kilmacud Crooks. Like, they'll, number one, I guess, guys, they'll surely be, maybe, uh, as a shoe-in, too strong a word for the Seamus Oreen this year if it does go ahead, but if the five lads do end up there. What do you think? On paper. I mean, you never win games on paper either, you know. Yeah. yeah, never that easy like that. Like there's other lads to think of. It's not just them coming in and slotting in and everyone going, oh yeah, great. Four lads from outside the club are coming in now and taking my place in the team. It causes hassle in the dressing room. And by all accounts, they're not the um, they're not they're great as a stirring a bit of hassle themselves there um in Cashel. So yeah. on paper, like savage team, probably like you could see them competing maybe at that Breen level if they got direct together with that team, but um. It's never that easy. <laughs> it's never that easy. Just uh, speaking of of Aaron Brown, like I mean, I'm very surprised that he's not on the the tip panel. I mean, he's been the twentieth keeper for the last two years. We're down to two keepers now inside. Dara Mooney is is gone off the panel, whether he took himself off it or or or, or she did, um gave him the curly finger. We don't know, but I mean, carrying two keepers isn't really. There is. We're probably the only intercounty team that's doing it, and. He seems most likely to step in if there is going to be somebody to step in. And I'm surprised he's not on it. He's a huge addition to Cashel. I mean, the goalkeeper would be a problem position for them over the years. Like, so yeah. a huge addition. Yeah, big time. I think I, I've been I've been very very impressed with with Aaron Brown over the last two or three years. Even seen him at Nakavilla. Like he's always been he's been on it. Like he really has. He's like, he, like as you said, Mike. He looks like he's the the one that is going to actually step in there and maybe stay there for five, six, seven, eight years or whatever. You know. Yeah, I wonder, no, I think so. I, I wonder is it the case that Sheedy's seen what happens here? Like Sheedy, Sheedy's a good lad, but he doesn't want he doesn't want to aggro around the around the camp. 
and having maybe Aaron Brown in there now with Jer Brown, like it might bring unnecessary media attention as well. Yeah. Sure, I suppose Jer is in there anyway, and and yeah. Owen Connolly is in there now as well. So I mean, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't see it as that. I don't know now. I don't know. Um, I, Barry Hogan definitely worth a shot as well, lads. I mean, he's been he's been easily the best goalie in the county for a few years now, and he basically won the county final with quick thinking there against Lockmore. Yeah. He's, he's very very solid, and his pokeouts are on the money. Like in fairness, Brian Hogan, lads. I'm not his biggest supporter. He's not a great shot stopper, and his pokeouts are very iffy. But Barry, like he's on the ball with the restarts, yeah. like he's very good. I'd love to see him get a go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I I'd, I'd love to see Barry get a go as well. I think he's. He's probably been the standout keeper of the of the, the Dan Breen teams. Um, and yeah. Definitely, definitely deserves to go. Yeah, definitely deserves to go. Um, and you mentioned something there as well, just about um, like if if you see an influx of outsiders, I guess into a into a club. Um, to quote the Bull McCabe, outsiders. Um, like it it causes more issues sometimes than it work than it's worked. Like, can any of you guys even remember in your own clubs? Like, have you? Have you had many transfers in that have actually caused a few issues in the dressing room where you might have actually lost a few players that you would have needed in maybe two or three years' time when the outsiders that came in kind of left again? Hmm. Um, over to you. Over to you, Wendy. You stole two off of us. <laughs> my 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 son a little academy for two there in Capital Heights there. <laughs> Um, and Salah had our uh, feeder club there as well. But <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in fairness to the Corks now, um, it's kind of uh, over the process of a few years because we had Russell in um, about three or four years ago before he went to America and he, he fit in, he's a sound chap, he fit in really well with the lads. And um, it's kind of the club, we like we weren't going to turn down Robbie like we wanted him to transfer and his family wanted him to transfer. And, um, just logistically, I suppose it was a pain in the hole for him going up and down to Cap White as well, and with the family living in tomb. I didn't cause there was no hassle really. There'd be a few lads, maybe you might say it in your ear on the sly, oh sure, he's not from tomb, he's not from tomb. But yeah, any lads yeah. involved in the setup or have any interest in the team winning something are generally not going to turn down lads that want to hurl for the club. And in fairness, in lots of cases, like we're going to, probably going to talk about Emma Baloney there with this possible transfer to Clamell. The lads were genuinely, the family's genuinely based in Tomb, and they were for a few years before Robbie moved. So yeah, I, I don't think, and even from a from a Kappa point of view, as much as disappointed as we are that that Robbie went up, um, and and Russell, to, everyone knew they were living up there and had been for for a few years, and it's very hard to it's very hard to 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 give out about that. I mean, it is a it is a long trek down. I, I think th- this one is probably unprecedented in that, like you four, you four players, um, and four players that will go straight into your first team. Um, like we would have had transfers over the over the time where, like Tom Tracy joined us back in '07 or '08 from Dune, and he was after winning an All Ireland medal with Tip in the the minor in '07, and he came for the for the '08 championship and. Like, but he's one player, you know. It's it's a whole. It's different when you have four lads that are going to be going to be knocked off a team. Look, I I I think there's a good bit to run in in this before before it it goes through, and um, it, it'll it'll be an interesting one to watch and and see and see how how it how it develops. You know what the story is, Mike? With that, is there going to be any a lot of hassle with it, or is there is it going to be just a matter of waiting, or? 
No, like I mean, you you hear you hear lots of stuff on on the grapevine and that, but I mean, from I mean, <laughs> Enda in your column with Horler and the Ditch, you said that they didn't um, they didn't sign the the, the transfer form. So look, I I don't know. I, I obviously we haven't seen the, the the form, so we don't know, and I don't think the CCC have met in Torles yet to to discuss it. But um, I mean, they have to look at it from. The, the parish rule uh, side of things and 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 whatever else and it, it's it, I mean if if the CCC don't allow it on a parish rule then obviously the brown Browns and the Rhines can take it to a hearing and, and and that but I mean it's a it's a it's a very tough one and um, I, I think it could be messy and I don't know, I, I just I just prefer from even from a West point of view, that it didn't, it didn't go through. I think it's, it, I think it's just yeah. a bad move. But I mean, obviously, there's other issues that were going on there, and um, yeah, it's again, it's unprecedented. Two, two, two families still going straight, going out of a club. It's, it's not good. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not good. There's, there's obviously like there's obviously a lot of things after happening there that I'd say nobody outside of Knockerville are really privy to. Um, but yeah, as you said, it's like it's a crazy situation, completely unprecedented. Actually, Sean's back there. He um he went missing there when we started talking about transfers. So let's put a, let's put him on the spot on the there. Um, we're just talking there, Sean. As like, like you, you're partial to an old transfer there up in Turles. Um, like, <laughs> have you ever ever had some transfers that maybe would have came in? Like, does it ever cause any issues with the local lads? That are there already. Like, any, like uh, maybe it's different for you guys because you have you compete at three mm. or four different levels. But has it ever got anyone's nose out of joint? No, there's never even any kind of ones that like why are they going there? Two lads move, but then a lot of lads go out of the ground with club. A lot of men end up living in Turles and they move Turles and relocate. It wasn't like oh the brown throwing rains at the moment. There's never and in the club as well. They're kind of. Yeah, do you want to say, Grand? But it's just, like, say if the Ryan's or Browns approach, to be sure to be kind of like, what yeah. the fuck here? Like, what, like, we're not fucking taking them, like, in a way, but I only speak for myself, but, yeah, yeah. you know. He'd keep him, or he'd take him, no doubt. <laughs> all, all, I heard, all I heard there from Sean was that anyone that transfers in gets a house after they sign the papers. That's uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was think I was actually thinking of this myself before we came on the pod, just to kind of think, because we've, we've got a fair few transfers ourselves over the year from from various different clubs. And like the only example that I can think of that, like I don't think the players, the players themselves definitely didn't cause any issues. They were like top class lads. But back, we won the South back in 2000, and we had a lad from Feddert and a lad from Grange Mokler who actually captained us. Kieran McGuire from Grange Mokler and Tomas Kane from Feddert. They left in, um, I think it was 2002 or 2003. But, and that left, like, that left a gaping hole, I think, in the club. Um, like, we didn't win a game from 2000 in the South Championship up until 2007. And like, we ended up parachuting. Jeez, I think there was five minors or even like there was three or four lads like Danny Hanlon, Kevin Lanigan, Stephen Halfey. They started seeing a hurling at 16 years of age in 2003, which like that's way too young really to be saying to be saying senior hurling. We didn't win a game for seven years. So I don't know whether it, you can really pin that on Maguire and on Tomas Kane. Like I definitely don't think you can, but it definitely left a gaping hole in the club. And maybe that's because a couple of lads who would have been in around the senior team before the, the two boys came, maybe they dropped off, maybe they went down playing junior, or maybe they just fell away completely, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you think, 
Do you think in relation to this, like these transfer going on at the moment, like will the parish rule eventually be removed to Tipperary? What's your thinking? Like I think it, it opens a massive can of arms to get rid of the parachute. I think it's the only thing stopping that's from jumping from A to B to C in jig time. Like, what's the alternative, really? Like, yeah. Well, then what's to say, like, the, like are the Browns and Ryans living in cash? No. Are the dresses down for cash? Someone said they're not. Like, are they, what's in the papers, you know? Jeez, I don't think they, they live in cash, do they? Or Someone said they dress. No, have they put have they put on a cash the dress? Oh, they, oh, they have an address in cash. Yeah. yeah, someone said it's not even changed, just didn't even put down a cash address. Like. So, like, yeah. it has to stop me, me moving tomorrow to wherever, like, say that happened before. Why did this go through and why did mine go through? Like, you know. Did everyone that signed for Torless always have a Torless address, did it? Sure, they did. <laughs> Everything above board column, and like, you blow down there in the south. Torless County Tipperary. It's a good rate, and it's a good rate for if you want to go for a few months. It is, but give it a good rate. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is. It is a good point. Like I know, I know the Browns have relatives in Cashel, so like it's easy to get an address. Like what? Yeah. what like as in, what is the alternative to the parish rule? Like I think for smaller clubs, it really needs to something needs to be in place that you can't transfer. Like I don't know. Like the parish rule, it's not perfect, but it's the best of the alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it makes it difficult, doesn't it? So that it's not like, let's say, soccer where you just transfer because you, you know whatever you, you want to go to a bigger. Yeah. Well, I think there's more pride in hurling than GA, though. Like, like you want to play a class group. That's why I feel like if, it depends. Depends where you are. So. It depends where you are. <laughs> that's wishful thinking. That's uh, it's a universal thing. Yeah. I go around here, so I'm in own area here. It wouldn't say drum lads playing turlis or lock more lads playing with someone else. Oh, no. But yeah. like my brother parish and tips are different, like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I, I think I think you went on. I thought your voice went there, Mike. I think your audio went half yeah. the conversation there. Um, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think we 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 might finish it off, lads, with a bit of nostalgia. Um, looking back over the years, I guess on on Premier View on the discussion board. And you think of any threads or posts that might stand out over the years of just being being a humdinger? I go, I, I, I might start it off, I guess. Like, one that always stands out to me is, do you remember back, oh God, it must be 10 odd years ago, if not more, PJ Mansfield, um, a former poster on the forum, he, um, he ranked or he rated clubs based on the spread that they put on after a county league game. <laughs> well, just, it, was, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, well, I, I remember around the time, you, you used to get off excited on a Sunday morning because you knew the Super Sandwiches were going up in Port Row or Lara or everything <laughs> off that. <laughs> any, any, you remember any other threads or any comments? The one I think, he was in Gwander, why, go on. Oh yeah, no, I was, I'd say probably maybe the same thing. P, uh, PJ did another one on, on the Galway lads. Um, yeah, that's uh, the one. From yeah. his time in school. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. And I, 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 I think everyone that I speak to around Kappa calls Galway lads Messies now and that came from, from, from that, that post, I think, and like the, it's just a generic name, I think, in tip for Galway lads now is the Matthews, you know. It's, it's and they don't know what Matthews is, that's the worst thing. We call him Matthews. Yeah. What are you on about? Who? <laughs> I know. I know about Matthew. You know, like, they genuinely don't yeah. think they um, are called Matthew. Like. There was one line that I, I was in stitches when I read it first of the talk and trying to rise the Galway lads in the terrace is uh, 
Paul Curran, you won't know whether it's American or milking. American or calving, even, I think it was. Oh, I'll believe it. He, he did another one about it. Do you remember the Italian shoes? Like, they're like six or seven hundred euros custom built shoes. They're like unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. You'd miss them lads off the off the forum now. Him and, and Timber and that they were they were they were great posters. Yeah, actually, John Merchant had his biscuit, his top uh, biscuits fight. One of the I'll believe, <laughs> I'll believe, I actually I I search for that. I'll give you I'll give you number. I won't read out everything. I'll give you the top five, right? But I I'll, I'll give I'll read out the number one. So join join fourth is um chocolate Kimberly and chocolate Mikado. <laughs> Three is the rich tea. Two is the super value chocolate orange cookie. Number one is toffee pops. I'll read this one though, guys. It's a cu- toffee pops. It's a curious omission in the Bible. But on the eighth day, the good Lord was well and truly bollocked and felt he deserved a sweeter accompaniment to his pot of tea than the, that apple he confiscated from Eve. So for one last time, he dusted off his designing boots and he turned his hand to creating the zenith in confectionery technology. He compiled a brief yet essential checklist. Biscuit base? Question mark. Check. Caramel? Oh yeah. Chocolate coating, you betcha. When I make my evening biscuit errand, I stay faithful to the master's mantra. The toffee pop expertly combines all three facets while still representing remarkable value for money. More versatile than Brendan Marr, its creamy caramel texture ensures it's moist enough to consume on its own. Yet its tough exterior makes it durable enough to dunk in even the hottest beverage. With 10 little slices of heaven retailing for one euro in a supermarket near you, the Toffee Pop again retains its title as Timber's Biscuit of the Year 2012. That lad had way too much free time. Oh, had had the best. <laughs> oh, I read that myself later again. Yeah, but around that time, lads, you'd log on to Premier View by eight or nine in the night. They'd be on until two in the morning, and they'd just be naughty out and lads left, right, and center. It was like a wrestler <laughs> coming in swinging. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, we could do it. We could do it. Nadia on the farm now to to out or learn the ditch. He'd be a right man for that job. I'd say. He'd hardly out. He'd hardly out himself. No. <laughs> <laughs> well. And on that note, we'll finish there for this week's podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see all you guys soon. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.